Welcome to the News Grubs podcast, a new and refreshing news format presented by the one and only Scotto, AP and The Fish. Hi everyone and welcome to the News Grubs, the podcast that is surprisingly popular with the United Nations General Assembly. Who would have thought? I'm Scotto and joining me as usual are Fishy and AP. Hello gentlemen. Hey Scotto. Scotto. Very impressive, uh, very formal. Uh, this week we're looking at why people didn't smile in old photographs. Bugger if I know. A man who has lived on a cruise ship for the last 20 years. A very sensible move, I would suggest. Mm. Uh, a woman who tried to burn down a house uh, and why it didn't go terribly well for her. Uh, and why do uh, why did a worker, uh, speaking of houses, try a uh, tear down a, a house? Very peculiar. Uh, but first, why is a McDonald's pickle selling for... Ten thousand New Zealand dollars. Uh, AP, you've got a bit of a thought on this and a story. Scott, What's the go, Scotto? I do, uh, and uh, Fishy. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Um, I took a, a team of uh, athletes uh, once on a country uh, competition. So three hours each way on a bus, oh, and on the fun. way back as a reward. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, as rewarding as just uh, pulling your, all your toenails off with a pair of pliers. But um, I, uh, on the way back, as a reward for, you know, being relatively well-behaved, we stopped at the Golden Arches, McDonald's, mm. and uh, we bought them uh, something to eat. Whereupon, uh, the teenage boys and a few of the girls, I imagine, uh, don't want to leave them out, uh, and I didn't have any other genders at that point, because it was a year ago. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, they ordered hamburgers, they took their pickles out, and they flung them on the uh, front window of the restaurant. As you do. I mean, fair, so, as, as you do. Yeah, so uh, it was a 45-seat bus full of people, so and a couple of parents, and uh, the parents don't, don't give two craps. They just, you know, they just go off into a corner and uh, have their own meal hmm. and leave uh, the poor weathered coaches to uh, you know keep these kids in tow. Anyway, so... Uh, do you know what you've missed out on? About 50 splashy pickles later on the window, mm-hmm. uh, some staff from McDonald's uh, approached the person who looked most like they were in charge, i.e. you, and uh, started to complain about the behaviour of my athletes. Oh. And uh, But it turns out that we don't refer to them as athletes anymore, gentlemen. We refer to them as artists. Correct. Because uh, an artist is selling a sculpture, in inverted commas, because mm-hmm. we'll, I think we'll take issue with that shortly, Not very much. in the form of a pickled gherkin slice taken from a McDonald's cheeseburger, just as my 40 swimmers did. Mm-hmm. It's been flung onto the ceiling where it's being held on by the burger's sauce. Well, I saw 40 such things on the front window of the Warrigal McDonald's in uh, Victoria, mm-hmm. Australia. We're worldwide, see. Yeah, true. And... Um, so, yes, I, it turns out I, had, I hadn't taken 40 swimmers down to a country uh, meet. I, I'd taken 40 artists. Indeed, they. And, <laughs> yes. and you've missed out on a tremendous amount of money because uh, this particularly, uh, or this particular artwork, um, which is somewhat imagine, unimaginatively uh, named as Pickle, is up no. for sale for $10,000. New Zealand money, in fairness, so it's not really very much. But how bizarre. Like... In, oh, look, I'm looking at the photo of it, and they've actually had to. Like, it just looks like a little tiny um, spider speck turd on the um, ceiling. Can, can I just interrupt this, please? Oh, yes, you I've, may. I've got. I've got to put a stop to this. All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How many of us, out of the three of us here, right, um, don't have any ability, and I'll call it ability for the moment, mm-hmm. in interpreting art? 
Uh, well, I do. What, what? You can go into what an art museum oh. and uh, explain what the artist is trying to convey in a particular absolutely. piece. Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. No, I've. AP? I've yeah, it's true. Oh, look, uh, before this story, Fish, I, I would have said no, but right now I think I'm Picasso's older brother. <laughs> <laughs> I agree answer, with that. The answer is no. I don't. I don't. I just think. I'm sorry. I, I just think, and this comes down to uh, watching TV shows when I was a, a, a young fellow of about eight or ten years old, where they all made fun of uh, artists and art generally mm-hmm. in old comedy shows. Yes. And I grew up being sceptical about well what, yeah, about what's been trying to what they're trying to convey in uh, the particular artwork. So. Mm. I, I, I reckon it's a pack of BS. Right. Well, the funny whole thing sh- is BS. Well, funny you should mention that because now if you're reading this story as we are and you think the whole thing sounds like uh, a bit of a piss take, uh, even though I probably can't say that because it says P and those funny little symbols S take, two of those take, then that's good because the artist's representative, representative admits that the piece is funny. I'm not sure that funny is a word I'd Funny use. or fraudulent? Well, he says it's a humorous uh, a humorous response to the work is not invalid. It's okay because it's funny. He went on to say that Griffin's work raises questions about the way value uh, and meaning is generated between people. I think he's thinking too much. Personally, oh. I love the Gherkin and I'm not sure I'd be happy to part with five grand for one especially when you get the whole Macca's cheeseburger for £1.99, or you could go to the uh, McDonald's in um, Victoria and get about 40 of them. Yes. But I think it's uh, what it is raising the question is that people have this unbelievable sense of um, uh, entitlement, of self-worth, of self-importance, mm. uh, because you know he says that it's raising questions about... The value of meaning uh, and of uh, value and, and the meaning generated between people. What a load of codswallop! Oh. The, the artist says that he's not bothered about whether the piece can be truly considered art or not. <laughs> well, that's good. Yes, I think that's <laughs> a fair call. Well, how can he justify? How can he justify ten thousand New Zealand dollars then? Well, I think he's just you know, oh, because he's letting the market set the set the uh, price. He said, generally speaking, artists are not the ones deciding whether something is art or not. They're the ones who make and do things. Uh, whether something is valuable and meaningful as that so, is in the minute. way that we collectively as a society choose to talk about it. So when you go down to the uh, city square, let's say, you mm-hmm. know, in any capital city, and you see a new piece of artwork that um, the state government has bought or mm-hmm. commissioned, mm-hmm. Uh, such as a, uh, I don't know, an old rusty wheel with a muffler and, and an exhaust pipe uh, oh, yeah. stuck in the middle of it. I know right? exactly the one you mean, yeah. I mean, what <laughs> yeah, a magnificent piece of art that is. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the intellectual philosophy behind that whole piece is just, that's mind-boggling, really. Could you enlighten the listener? Absolutely. As to what you think that means? It means that the world as a whole is this rusting hulk of shit and uh, the the muffler poking through the centre of it is interpreted as there is only one way forward to go through this pile of shit uh, and uh, uh, extract yourself through from the other side. Uh, and it's with the entire philosophy of the mental image of the cosmos uh, expanding in front of the universe uh, within you as a person uh, determining your position in that cosmos. Can I can I give my interpretation? Yes. 
Yeah, I think the artist's agent, he, he was on his last chance being thrown out of his house because the rent's overdue three months. Yeah, basically. And the agent has got on the phone and said, if you don't have something down at my office by four o'clock this afternoon, you're going to have no money and they're going to kick you out of your house. And he, he's lobbed into, into his father's garage, got a whole lot of cobbled rubbish together, yes. fired up the welder, yes. sparks, sparks of plum everywhere, right? And he's dropped it down to these agents thing at four o'clock and the state government have paid, oh, what, 80, $28 million worth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, but that still doesn't, uh, you know, uh, decrease the brilliance of the um, my description of the uh, said piece of artwork. Now, I thought that was very, very insightful. I thought and, so. and, and it was a great con job. Really. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was I've a great I've been doing this a long time. Uh, anyway, um, don't worry that you may or may not understand the, uh, the artwork because clearly the artist doesn't. And frankly... Um, I mean, you know, I've seen more things on my ceiling if I were just to go into the kitchen. Because actually, I could sell my kitchen because the GF uh, tends to, when she's checking um, spaghetti, you know, the yes. old thing was you just used to throw it on the ceiling if it stuck, uh, oh, yeah. then it was cooked. Uh, and um, I've got, you know, looks like Janolan Caves in my ceiling nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody stalactites and everything hanging from the ceiling. Now, if you've ever looked at uh, an old photograph, and I'm not talking one that's 5, 10, 15, 20 years old, I mean an old photograph more than 100 years ago. Right. Uh, you'll spot that nobody ever seemed to smile in oh, the photograph. Well, I'm not surprised. It was a miserable, bloody world in those days. Well, it was. It was. Uh, times were hard, Scotto. Yes, they people. were. And uh, no one really had much to smile about. But really... Uh, a um, an inquiry into this phenomenon mm. has revealed some very interesting things. It wasn't just because people were sad. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, smiling sometimes was considered to be almost offensive. Smiling was connected to people who were insane. Ah, mm. that makes sense. Right, that's one reason. Okay. Another reason was that it took so long to, with the technology of the day, with cameras, etc., it took so long to take a single photo. About three days, as I understand it. Yeah, it was several minutes. It was maybe 10, 15 minutes. So the exposure uh, required the subject to be dead still. And imagine trying to uh, uh, give a good smile for 15 minutes oh, while the exposure chance. was taking the photo. And, of course, you couldn't move because the photo would, would then be blurred. So that's the main reasons. But also, I think... Things were pretty depressing <laughs> in that era. Nothing to smile about. And, you you know, your teeth wouldn't have been great because dental hygiene in those days wasn't what it is nowadays That's either. a good point, and that's what the uh, the analysis of this uh, thing uh, revealed. Oh. Now, what I'd, like to sh what I'd like to do is compare it to today. Mm hmm Everyone smiles in a, in a photograph except, today. Except if it's on your passport, you're not allowed to. You've got to look like a photo from 100 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's a bit different. But but we're talking about a social photograph. Oh, yeah. Not for, you know, legal purposes and yeah. travel and, and so forth. Okay. But everyone's smiling today. In fact, everyone gets their teeth done pearly white uh, to make sure that they look good. And also there's all these filters in uh, in the software, in all your in all your. 
iPhones and cameras and so forth to enhance the photograph so you you do look at your absolute best. Yeah, um, can you just tell me where that is on the phone so next time I take a photo I don't look like I do most of the shots I take? Okay. It's not pretty. <laughs> I think you, you're using a filter uh, without knowing. You've got the yellow teeth filter, haven't you? Oh, I certainly do. The yellow yeah, so coffee tobacco filter, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, I've got the same one. And you don't even smoke and drink much coffee. <laughs> no. That's a I worry. just don't brush my teeth. Ah. <laughs> no. So so I think that's that, that's what goes uh, on in the background with these photographs. And, and really, when you look at look, look, look at the photographs of your grandparents or their parents, oh, they were miserable. grandparents. Yes. They're not smiling. Uh, admittedly, they're usually wedding photographs. Well, that's, yeah. I, I didn't like to mention that, and I <laughs> no, can see that that's not a day you don't want to be smiling. No, exactly. <laughs> it's usually the lady that's smiling, but the man is like the Grim Reaper. Well, pretty much, yes. And um, I, I, I do know, though, in when you say about modern photos, how everyone's smiling, but they're not only smiling, they're happy, they're chirpy, they're, they're using fingers to do gesticulations and all sorts yeah, of other weird they're, they're, things. they're animated. That's and the word I was trying to think of, yes. They're bigger than life. In modern photos, that they're, they're coloured, so it's more expressive. I wonder if in, in 100 years' time, people will look back on photos from this era and go, what the hell were they thinking? If the metaverse takes off as uh, uh, the young fellow who owns uh, that company... Oh, Mr. Uh, you, Mr. You-Know-Who. You-Know-Who. Right. Uh, if that takes off, won't the photographs be just avatars? With no legs. Yep. Where they're trying to sell shoes in the metaverse with people that have no legs. That's so weird. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted there. Yes, that's a good point. Um, mm. So... Do you, are you able to choose a, a, an avatar that's like a happy, bright, chirpy person, maybe with legs or something I, like I that? I think avatars are supposed to change expressions. Oh. They're, they're, they're animated to some extent. Mind you, in, in 100 years, wouldn't you just, because um, we'll all be just like lazing around doing nothing because that's you know pretty much how the world's going at the moment. So um, you just press a button and your avatar probably will pop up in 3D and you won't even need a photo. That's a good point. And probably your avatar would go and do all the amusing stuff for you and you can just sleep all, all day. Reminds me of that movie, um, uh, The Time Machine, uh, with uh, Rod Taylor. Yes. Um, where they just sort of stood around and did bugger all. Will our avatars survive us? Like, oh, that's a good question. Exist, exist after we're gone and have some sort of legal status? Wow. That's a good point. Maybe they... Just, isn't it? Uh, maybe they'll uh, uh, gather a legal personality, so they're they're real in that in that, in that sense. Oh, yeah, be registered and accountable, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. In that that movie, I Robot, wasn't it a bit like that? Yes, something, and they sort of came to life. Or one um, robot out of many tens of thousands. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is, uh, that, of course. Uh, demonstrated to have human qualities. Oh, that's going to be scary if an avatar comes to life. Imagine all those painful little bloody millennial avatars that they've got now if they're still around in years to come. Don't worry, Will Smith will be around to slap them. Oh, now we're talking. 
Now, as you know, I'm I'm rather partial to uh, cruises and going on cruise ships and that sort of thing. Yes. And I've thought to myself, um, you know, if ever I was to die on a cruise ship, uh, I want them not to put me in the morgue, just to uh, put me on the on my veranda, cover me with a blanket, and leave me there until the cruise is finished because I've paid for the whole thing. And I think that's a very sensible um, plan. But another chap, Mario Salcido, uh, commonly referred to in the cruising industry as Super Mario, has spent the last 20 years on cruise ships. Um, basically, he has retired on onto cruise ships, and he's done over 9,000 cruise nights. Uh, that seems an awful lot to me. But his biggest problem is um, when he gets to land, he can't walk straight because he's, oh. you know, he's been on a ship oh, for so yeah, long, okay. so he's a bit yeah, wobbly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what a very clever man. In fact, this is actually becoming quite a thing nowadays. People are retiring to cruise ships. Now, he's not one of those people uh, who buy a penthouse on a cruise ship. Oh, no, no. He? He's down in the bilges. Absolutely right. down in the bilges. So he just pays the normal uh, fee. Yep. And uh, and he just renews it what every year or something. Every uh, yeah, he just goes from back to back cruises or gets off one ship and gets on another ship, whatever the case may be. Okay. And um, uh, strangely enough, he's not dissimilar to me because uh, when passengers get off for excursions on shore and stuff like that, he stays on the ship. Uh, oh, I prefer that. Yeah, oh, a much better plan. You, much you better stay plan. there. To, you stay there to drink. Well, yeah, mate. Well, I can't he stay off the there ship because he's going to sway if he goes on on land. Well, I'm swaying on the ship, frankly. <laughs> Because of the drinking, uh, it takes a, it takes a while to get your sea legs, doesn't it? It does, and then it takes a while to get your land legs. Uh, yes, and that's the really bizarre part. Well, it depends on how rough it is, of course. Uh, but what a very clever uh, man! And, and as I said, this is becoming a bit of a thing now because mm. you think about it. If you um, you've got your big house uh, that you know you've downs or you've, you've, your family's left, so you're thinking of downsizing or whatever the case may be. Or you're to the stage where you've got to go into an old codger's home, one of those depressing, god-awful places. Oh, yeah. Which are just horrific. Um, and then you've still got to pay a, an awful lot of money for oh. that. You've got to pay a huge bond to go into your old codger's home. Um, then you've got to pay for everything else along the way. Whereas yeah. on a cruise ship, especially if you're down in the bilges, although I must admit I would want a balcony uh, so I could open a door, um, all your entertainment is there included. Your booze is often included, depending on what ship you're on. All your food's included. Laundry. So laundry's uh, available. So, you know, if you're too stingy to pay for it uh, to be done, you can just go and do it yourself. So okay. you don't have to cook for yourself. You don't have to clean for yourself. Your room's always cleaned you don't twice, have to, you know, once or twice a day. You don't have to mow lawns. Yeah, exactly. Or, or maintain your property. So what an incredibly good idea. This bloke spends around sixty to $70,000 uh, a year on cruises. Apparently, he was a um, uh, an investment um, port, uh, manager, uh, fund manager of some kind. So he gave all that away um, and started doing this but he also uh he does bring some money in while he's on his cruise ship by many oh, okay. investment portfolios for I wonder private if he, clients i wonder if he ships. can claim the uh the cruise uh, as a tax deduction well i wonder if um like if you didn't have a house in let's say the united states um because he's an american um do you then have to pay tax because you're not actually a resident within america i wouldn't know yeah, I wonder. So he might be able to be uh, making all this money 
um, on board by... Um, he might have an angle that we haven't considered or no one else has considered prior to the writing of this story. Um, yeah, it could have done. I can't... Uh, although apparently during COVID when um, his world fell apart, frankly, because he was forced oh. to live on land, that sucked. Uh, well, he said... It, it's, he said 15 months, and uh, I would have thought he would be it would have been uh, prevented from cruising for longer than 15 months. Oh, he was straight back onto the first available ship, and you know, yeah. uh, and didn't go from there. But I, I think it's a great idea, and the fact that you know he sways a bit when he goes on land, I don't think that's a major issue. I, I just think the whole concept of um, um, living on a ship, um, seeing well, the world. I mean, you could similar. go sorry buy one. Uh, uh, what on these uh, apartment ships, but that's like yeah, a minimum yeah, ten yeah. million bucks. So yeah. for sixty or seventy grand a year, but, that's but similar similar to that lifestyle. There's another lifestyle that uh, uh, elderly people explore, and that's living in a five star hotel. That's another option. They've worked out that um, for what it costs them, it actually turns out to be quite a bargain. Oh, I agree. I, I I think it's a you know similar kind of a thing, except it just doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't go anywhere. That's, that's that'd be the but then again, but, but with, with this gentleman that, mm -hmm. that we're talking about, it doesn't matter whether whether the ship goes anywhere or not. He he doesn't go out on daily excursions. No, that's true. In fact, he insists on staying on board, yes. where obviously you can feed yourself and play with all the sports and whatever you want to do, or use all the facilities. There's cinemas usually on mm. these ships and so forth. Oh yeah. I mean, you get you'll get bored a little bit. Uh, after a while, but still, oh, I don't think so. it's, it's better than being at home and staring at four walls. Well, and, and being in one of those godforsaken um, old codgers homes where you oh. lay in your bed and just groan and, you know, if you're lucky, you might get a trip out to, um, I don't know, the, the seaside or something one day a year yes. um, on a bus with 40 other whinging bloody old people and going groaning and sickness. Ugh. No, no, I think this is a great idea. I'm all for it. I've actually thought of this. something. He may have hit on something that uh, you know might become super popular soon. Oh, I think it is becoming super popular, fishy. I, I I've have read stories where it is becoming a real thing for um, for people to do, and I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. I'm in. Uh, in Salisbury, uh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Do you know where that is? Uh, it's in North Carolina, in yes, America. Exactly. It's um, just, just above South Carolina. That's yeah. true. That's true. And Fantastic. just below Virginia. Uh, the Rowan County Sheriff. Just to, just to interrupt you, that was one of the main um, places of the Civil War in America in uh, 1861. Is that right. right? Yeah, just thought I'd throw that in in case you didn't oh, okay. know that. Uh, the Rowan County Sheriff's Office said in a report recently mm -hmm. uh, that a homeowner in Gold Hill... Oh, nice neighbourhood. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It sounds nice. That's I mean, gold. Yeah, exactly. Was awakened um, uh, on Friday by a neighbour who I'm... saw a woman trying to set fire to this house. Right. Uh, so why bun... didn't... Just sorry to interrupt you at this point in time before you go any yeah. further. So <clears throat> I just want to get this in my head. The neighbour saw a woman uh, trying to set fire to Fred's house... Yeah. And then went and woke Fred up to say, so there's a woman trying to burn your house down as opposed to confronting the woman who was trying to burn the house down and saying, hey, what are you doing? Bugger off. Yeah, but there's It's a, Rowan there's County, Scotto. Oh, of course. What <laughs> there's was a thinking? twist to it. Okay. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the woman has actually tried to, tried to set fire to the wrong house. 
Oh. Oh, oh, that's, that's, that, oh, that's so, so whichever house she was trying to set fire to, it, it wasn't the ex-boyfriend's house. So, um, you know, she was um, buggered. You know, yeah. even the, the criminal intent uh, was misguided. Bummer. She was set fire to the wrong asset. Oh. Yeah, and the, and the owner of the actual house that she was trying to set on fire, he got so scared and uh, defensive about the whole thing, he grabbed a rifle and confronted the woman. Oh, it's bloody uh, America. Of course you're going to do that. That's the first thing, isn't it? You go to the safe, you go, oh, what's grandma's now, bloody birthday? To get the gun out. Before he grabbed the rifle, he grabbed the garden hose, but she, she had um, mixed up uh, some sealant oh. and put it in the garden hose so it didn't Locked work. It. So oh. she's, she's gone to a lot of trouble to burn down the wrong house. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more than just burning it down. It's, it's, it's uh, potentially creating an unsafe situation because the fire department, which would normally need, uh, well, they would even though they would get probably the water from the street, from the hydrants, et cetera, yep. still, if you're blocking a house, uh, a, a house tap, that's outside for the purposes of, say, uh, using it as a garden hose. Yes. It could still help to put out a fire. Not much, though, fairness. True. Not much. Depends on how, how far the burning has taken off. But still, I mean, look, how many uh, videos have you seen on TV where there's fires that started uh, at, in a house and all the neighbours are out there with their garden hoses doing their best to put it out? And often they get it under control pretty early. Oh, I haven't seen those videos. I've only seen it where in America the houses burn to the ground uh, by the time the fire department gets there because they're all made out of packing cases. What? And they've got bitumen on the roof. Which right. tends to um, burn very well. But also, I mean, you know, where you say um, uh, Fred grabbed a rifle, I mean, we are in North Carolina for a start. Yes. Um, so what is the first thing you're going to do if you hear a noise uh, in your house in America? You go and get your gun. Okay, that's the first thing. First wouldn't thing. worry about wouldn't even worry about it. all that stuff. Nah, but nah, it's stranger nah. than that. When he confronted the woman, the mm. woman was holding one of his dogs yeah. on a leash. That's weird. It's just a strange story. So she, what, she's going to save the dog? Well, she but leave them to burn. I would assume so. Well, maybe she's an animal lover. And then from, from the window of the next house, the ex-boyfriend's going, <laughs> 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 Wouldn't you think? <laughs> Without you a know, doubt. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, but when the woman's too dumb to burn but, down the right house, I mean, the guy's what, just there like, oh, yeah. What a bizarre <laughs> story, isn't it? It, it is. And, and I, I wish we knew more about the relationship between the uh, uh, alleged uh, arsonist and the ex-boyfriend. Um, well, why did she want to do it, I wonder? Maybe we'll never know. Uh, maybe in the th- future that they might write a book. Well, I, I, I would think, because um, uh, she's been arrested and charged with her uh, felony yes. first-degree arson. I love it when they do first-degree, second-degree, third-degree, fourth-degree, and all that sort of stuff in, in, mm-hmm. in America. Assault with a deadly weapon, I assume that's the fire, and larceny of an animal. Yeah, that's I don't know about that. Um, bond yeah. was set at $101,500. What an odd amount. Um, it couldn't be determined uh, um, if she had had an attorney at that stage. I would have thought one would have been appointed for her um, under the uh, Miranda Act. Um, but 
I, I wonder when it goes to the court. We, we, we really must follow up on this story. And yeah. when it goes to court, see what the actual details, because I really you know, am interested to know why she wanted to, what did the ex-boyfriend want to do or did do? What she did, wanted what to did burn, he do? Yeah, That's right. she wanted to I burn mean, his house down. I mean, that that is revenge plus. I mean, come on. I mean, it must have been pretty bad. It wasn't just a case of, um, you know, oh, I called you, you know, you were ass big or something. And clearly there was an expectation he would be home in the house. So it was done, it was done obviously with intention. Attempted murder. To, to, yeah, well, intention to uh, not give him the opportunity to put out the fire by blocking the uh, the fire hose or the yes. the garden hose. Um, yeah, so very sneaky, very evil. I hope the, the actual uh, ex-boyfriend would want to watch out because I, I, I don't think this is over. No, I'm, gonna, I'm with you on that. She's going to be even more pissed off now because she's, she's got into big trouble. For um, burning the wrong house down. Potentially go to the big house. Oh, no uh, doubt. Uh, and uh, when she gets out, yeah, I reckon she'll... Uh, she'll have another know, go. Well, the next thing you'd expect, the news report is that someone's tried to drive a tank through a house. Well, though, she, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, she was reputed to have said at the uh, sheriff's station there that, uh, can I make a phone call, please? And they said, yes, you can, you can call um, whoever you like. She said, I just want to call a lawyer. I want a lawyer who can really get on fire. Get on fire. Thank you very much for that one. I, I just had, had a thought, though. No. No, I didn't. No, I just had a thought. Go on. <laughs> About the ex-boyfriend. Here we go. Again, what sort of relationship was it? That how long was that relationship? Fiery. That she couldn't actually even remember what house it was that she was in this relationship with. Well, that's, that she bought and burned the other house down. That's an excellent point. But you got to remember, a lot of houses, particularly in, in parts of America. Just look the same. Well, I mean, it's not quite England where you know the whole whole city looks exactly the same. You could, okay, you know, point. God, I, I know when my brother lived in England, he went to the wrong um, after being at the pub for a couple of beers, went to the uh, wrong street uh, and tried to get into a house um, on a didn't number of occasions. Didn't he succeed getting in the house? Well, he climbed up a, a drain pipe once uh, and then um, discovered he was in the wrong street in the wrong building. Um, mm. and then had to go and find his own place. But that's because they all look the same. But, I mean, as you say, some of them do look similar there. But I'm still worried, though, that she's gone to the wrong house uh, of her ex-boyfriend, whom she we don't know how long she lived with him for or whether she even lived with him or maybe had not even visited. Maybe it was always they went to her place. I don't know. It just seems very, very odd. Very odd. Have you ever been fired um, from a job, uh, I fired myself once. Right? Because were I you angry? Were you angry at yourself? I wasn't happy. I've got to say, well, there was an incident at the Christmas party. <laughs> Didn't go well for me. I was called into HR, and I had to. I had, I had to give myself quite a speaking to. It was very, Did you really? Yeah, it was very ugly. Well, a person believed to be a former worker mm -hmm. has taken control of a digger. Oh, if only I'd had one. Oh, wow. Spend and chips. demolished a luxury marina in Canada. Oh. They do strange uh, after, things here. Yeah, after uh, allegedly uh, being fired. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit extreme, don't you think? Well, a little bit. Um, was he what, – what did they, the, the house or the marina have to do with the, the worker? Is that where he I was working? He, I believe he worked at the location. Oh, at that very location. It does yeah. seem a little bit um, – Ooh. And, and I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether the digger was sort of part of his work uh, duties, and it was just parked there. 
but uh, you know you don't trust people if people who are angry and operate heavy machinery you shouldn't trust them. no no that's true actually I seem to remember there was a um, uh, a story in England where um, some bloke went through a travel lodge hotel or something or other that's it uh, over a wage dispute or couple, something he, he was unhappy about it yeah. yeah a couple of years ago yeah so it's you know it's, it seems to be a common occurrence um, gee you wouldn't want to live next door to a uh, road building service or something like that would you there's a few there's a few of these things uh, on YouTube and this one this one it too is apparently <laughs> Seeing as there's yeah. a video of it. There's a, there is a video. Um, but uh, there, there's others involving um, motor vehicles. That's another one. There was a, a dispute. I don't want to dis- detract from the story, but there was a dispute about some vehicle that was on the back of uh, a trailer or something to that effect. And someone uses a... Now, I get confused. A digger is the thing that actually digs, right? Usually, yes. I'll accept that. A- and then there's other ones that have a similar bucket type arrangement and they're not diggers they're called something else excavators excavators that's same right. thing really excavation is, really? is just word, okay. another word for digging really so the one i'm uh, uh recounting mm-hmm. is that i think they take a digger or an excavator right and basically uh, uh attack the car that's on the back of oh, the yeah. tabletop mm-hmm. and then the car ends up on uh, <clears throat> on the road bent and twisted and fractured Beautiful. But, um, you know, I, I can imagine the power trip that a worker would be on having control of a very heavy piece of machinery whilst pissed off at something. I, I don't know whether he's got the power. I think he's just that pissed off about it. He, he wants to get revenge, seek revenge. Rage. They call it a rage. Yeah, you know, rage a word, yeah. not, not thinking rationally and, uh, you know, said, oh, that, geez, that digger looks good. And uh, some schmo. Well, how did how did he get it started? Like, you know, these things are supposed to be secured. Well, uh, as I say, I assume that he was um, uh, he was an employee and knew how to do. It. It's not that hard to hotwire a um, uh, a digger or a bulldozer. In fact, particularly um, an old one. No, exactly. Um, he hasn't. Uh, he's obviously done it in broad daylight, and the, one of the neighbours has videoed the whole thing. Damn and nice of them. Cops and uh, the cops have obviously shown up and and potentially dragged him off the thing, uh, preventing him from doing even more. Damage. The thing I can't work out is he's been fined very little. I was thinking the same thing. Six grand, but he's done, uh, did they say uh, down the end of it that there's a million dollars of damage? Uh, They they said, uh, I think it was potentially a million dollars or more. But I don't think he's uh, finished up with uh, facing court. I think he was uh, charged uh, and still has outstanding... um, Oh, court yes. time. Yeah, got court time. Mm. But at the moment, he's been fined the equivalent of £3,200, which, mm. you know, the other po- other woman in the previous story, she got uh, $101,500 um, awesome fine so far. Yeah, the arson one. So clearly it makes more sense to do uh, this sort of damage in uh, in Canada rather than uh, in America, I would say. Yeah. I do remember... Sorry, and more satisfying. Oh, much more satisfying. <laughs> yeah, less chance of getting shot for a start. Um, when you say about um, um, how easy or difficult it is to start a bulldozer, I do recall a, a story where some members of the McLaren Formula One team way back in the 70s in Sweden uh, went out one night and got a bit drunk. And uh, because they were race car mechanics, they were able to hotwire a bulldozer. 
mm. and went on a, a rampage. Well, when I say rampage, just a bit of a cruise through the streets of the. But, uh, the did town. they damage anything, or did they, they just oh, sort of well, scare they, the hell out of people? They sort of just scared the hell out of the people. But they, their biggest problem was uh, they knew how to start it, but they didn't know how to stop it. <laughs> And so eventually they just found this really big tree and um, put the bulldozer with its blade up against the tree and the you know, caterpillar tracks are going, and it just eventually dug itself into the ground and eventually stopped. Right. And um, the only reason they didn't all go to jail was because they were um, uh, Ronnie Peterson, the super Swede Formula One driver, managed to uh, keep them out of jail because he knew the local mayor. Um, but they were paying off the damages that the um, that they had caused. So there must have been a bit of damage somewhere along the way, out of their pay packets for some twelve years, um, <laughs> out of their Formula One pay packets. Uh, so yeah, not easy to do, um, or it is easy to hotwire a thing, but you just got to be a bit careful about what you do with it. So yeah, I think the lesson uh, uh, really to be learnt that if you're angry, go home, cool off, have a drink, get a gun. No, no, oh, no, sorry, go, no, home. no. Go, sorry. go home, cool off, go to bed early perhaps, make yourself a cup of tea maybe, but keep away from heavy machinery and matches. Yes, I think that's a very good idea. Oh, well, that's it for News Grubs this week. Um, have you got a comment about the show? Uh, then drop us a line at mail at newsgrubs.com. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, and make sure you join us next time for uh, all the stories that you can sink your teeth into on the News Grubs. And don't forget, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do so you can keep up with all the latest episodes. We'll see you uh, next week, everyone. Uh, bye, Fishy. Bye, AP. See you, Scotty. See you, Scotty. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the News Grubs. We'll be back next week.